I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, Open Studio Headquarters. It's uh, Track Analysis Wednesday. Just do it. I know you want to do it. There you go. <laughs> Got this man. A MIDI keyboard in the pod cave for, for one episode. And he's already incorrigible. Oh, breaking it out. Pitch bend. So today we're doing Track Analysis Wednesday. Yes. That's Track Analysis. Oh, not- I thought it was Play Along Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling that every day is going to be man, Play Along. Man, they got along. me in the mood, man. They're, they're, they're jamming. <laughs> it's pretty funky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enjoy that, podcast <laughs> listeners. Uh, so this was uh, sent in by listener Mick. Mick wanted to hear us do an analysis of this Herbie Hancock uh, version of Cantaloupe Island featuring Pat Metheny, Dave oh. Holland, Jack DeJanet. Amazing band. Super bands. From a YouTube video. We're going to uh, post the link here uh, in the in the show notes. In the description, in the show notes. Um, and so let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. For a solo. Wait, can we go back to the beginning? Just can we analyze? Is that included in yeah, this let's do uh, it. intro? Because then Herbie comes in firing. Check out the time. Immediate. It's like you're turning a metronome on. And it's so great because, you know, he uh, he sets the... T- I mean, I don't... I, I'm trying to remember because I think I... Does it say what year this is from? It doesn't. But, I mean, I, I remember hearing, you know, him play around this time, judging from how he looks, and... I, I know he did this a lot of different ways, but the way that he plays that intro, like, sets the whole groove yeah. up and everything. And then DJNet comes in right with the way that he, because this is not the way the tune was written. No. And there's several different ways that he's played it over the years. But it's so creative, but mainly it's just so much in this groove. He just I love sets this it, groove. lays it down. I yeah. love this groove that they're that they're setting up here. It's killing. And this band, man, first of all, everybody has such a distinct sound. Yeah. That's what comes to mind. All these players, all four of them. Yep. Dijonette, Dave Holland, and uh, Matheny especially have such a distinct personal sound. Yeah. It's and great they to really hear. retain it on here without it becoming like a Clash of the Titans sort of situation. Totally. You know. I mean, like, that's total Matheny. It's not like he's changing his thing up. I'm going to say this is mid 90s just by Matheny's MIDI ish guitar that I'm seeing here. Right. I think it's MIDI. That might not be. See that? What is all that there? I was gonna say if you went by Matheny's hair, but that's been the same since 1973. So <laughs> our YouTube, our, 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 uh, our YouTube watchers who are guitarists, let us know what kind of guitar Pat Matheny's playing there. All right, getting the whole okay. Herbie solo. Hold on, hold on. Let's back it up. Back it up. Coming in hot. Oh, I love that. I love that. So he's kind of, you know, uh, first of all, he comes in really hot. Yeah. Because, like, the groove and everything, like, he, I mean, he's playing appropriately. It's it's a difficult place to kind of start your solo from because you're starting up there. But you got to do it when that's what the vibe is, when that's what, how the band's playing. You know, he comes in super rhythmic, you know, um, very 
I wouldn't even say really aggressive, but like right there in the cut. But then when he got to this part, he kind of the first time he loosens up the time a little bit, a little little drama built up through the way he's already structuring his song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think with this tempo and groove in particular, like the like that sixteenth note feel, that is intensity to me. So yeah, I I think you know. I mean, you could do it a few different ways, but the way he does it is is probably the way I would, I would choose to do it. <laughs> now that you've heard his version, yeah, no, no, I mean, only because I've been influenced by Herbie so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know but the thing is, too, like Herbie's so great at like, there's gonna be like drama and yeah. something interesting in the soul, but he doesn't like the the kind of obvious dramatic thing is to sort of force it to be broken down at the beginning of the solo right. after it's coming like really like grooving and hot. I mean, look, he's the one who set it up with the yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. So he could sort of break it down and then build up from there, but that's a little bit of a lazy way to do it. And so to jump right in there is very confident because it's like, where do you go from there? You yeah. have to really get creative, which is not a problem for him. Let's hear it again. Uh. Triplet. That's triplet, right? Yeah. By the way, uh, for those listening, he used two hands for those those oh, chords. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of black keys in that yep. in that passage. And a little D flat seven. Yeah, he. I think he did two with his right, one with his yeah. left. Well, intonation issues. Not heard before. Blue scale, not afraid of it. Hey. Uh, first, first counter melody. So check it out. So he's, you know, on one hand, you could say he's playing very busy, but like now he's actually playing less busy than he did at the beginning of the solo. That's right. Jack DeJeanette's playing very busy, but like very very like intuitive and interactive yeah so i think herbie's sort of feeling that so then he kind of eases up he was doing a lot of left hand at that first chorus yeah he's almost going single line leaving some nice space but still like keeping the intensity of the rhythm of his lines going yeah it's a very interesting way to structure it just shows you it's like you don't have to do the typical way of structuring but you do need to listen to what's happening in the moment that's a great point listening to what's happening in the moment and don't feel like you have to do it all all the time if you hear the drummer start to take over some of this yeah. energy let them have it. You Especially know if it's I mean? Jack DeJanet. Especially if it's, no, but a good drummer will do it just right. Yeah. And you want that interaction. Exactly. You know? And so you can hear Herbie, uh, I, I'm hearing him do, you know, some some repetitive themes or whatever and letting DeJanet fill in for the audience what, what should be happening. It's great, man. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? He's not, the, the whole concept, and I, I really want to just talk about this more this year because I used to back back in the day, <laughs> like five years ago, uh, but I, I kind of got off of it. It's so important. Like, let the tune come to you don't yeah. chase around after the, the, the tune like what it's got in it so when you get to the solo it's like he's not afraid of hitting that blue scale a yeah. lot you know as you say jack DeJunette is given a lot of really cool rhythmic thematic things so he's not get out of the way like don't don't feel like you have to chase around after the tune let it come to you absolutely Good. Yeah. Oh man. Let the tune come to you. Exactly. Right there. He he was hearing something or was something wasn't just didn't feel like he had anything to say in that space and he let it come to him. Yeah, it was almost like a reset. Like he let things reset without forcing them to reset. That's okay. Let's let's hear that moment again. 
Yep. Come and in strong. Yeah, exactly. And when he reset it, too, it's not like, bang, he waited and just hit on one. Matheny played some really, almost like a reggae kind of guitar thing there. And then Dijonet sort of led it in. And then Herbie came at a place that was less than obvious, but right in there. Awesome. Uh-oh. Herbie is number seven. All right, but I want to I want to comment on that Herbieism yeah. number seven. So that let's let's hear that one more time. A casino lick. It's a similar. It's a it's a variation. Is on it, the casino. Yeah. No, but you know what? These textural things, like I consider that a textural yeah. thing. It has nothing to do. Re, I mean, it's in this. The notes are in the scale or whatever. But that's not how Herbie's thinking about it. It's like I'm going to play the notes in the, from the no. chord or whatever. <laughs> It's it's a texture, and yeah. those things I, I want to stress are super important to collect when you're playing. That's right. You know, uh, for me, when I hear like a, a player who's not quite there, they don't have enough of that kind yeah. of thing. They're too in the changes. They're trying to work everything out evenly. There's no texture to their playing. Yeah. Add some textural things like Herbie has it, Chick has a ton, everybody has it. I mean, even all the way back to Art Tatum, a lot of yeah. those big sweeping runs are textural ideas. You know? and, yeah, and I mean, if we think about the, the things that Herbie's added to the sort of lexicon of jazz piano and to our toolbox, it's not so much, I mean, yeah, there's this lick, number seven or whatever, I'm joking that it has a number, but uh, it is, it's the vibe that you get from that texture, and Art Tatum had them, and then like all these great players sort of added one little thing or three or whatever. Like we think about like the double diminished and all this stuff. Yeah, that's fine, but this is the stuff that, it's almost like like when you say adding that, like we think about our little toolbox, you know, like you're starting out as a plumber, and then you see like an older plumber, it's like, oh, I've got this other tool for that time that I might need it for that special kind of piping. Yeah. I've got it in the box, I pull it out at the right time. But so then it's like you have those assets, those musical textural assets. And now you're using a combination of your musical taste, your experience, your confidence as to when to pull it out. So the young player is going to like pull it out and be like, ah, and throw it out at the wrong time on the right. middle of a ballad or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So once you get and you can play it and you know what it sounds like, you'll pull it out at the right time. And I would say this, the texture of this almost the way you described it makes me think of, it's almost like a marimba lick. And I'm thinking like, you know, like. Um, Bobby Hutcherson. Yeah. You know, you there's know, a playing. role to it. There's, there's a, a role, role to it. There's yeah. a percussiveness. I mean, obviously, the piano is always a percussion instrument, but it can be more of a string instrument. This is kind of a percussive texture. A sustain, even. You can yeah. think of it that way. You know? yeah. yeah. And it's just, a, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really put words to it, but it is important to identify it, and then you've got it. And you don't have to worry about copying Herbie or whatever. Yeah. And there, I mean, you could find a ton of players that do this. You know, who's really great at this is Robert Glasper. Absolutely. Has a ton of great textural. Yep ideas that that come up in every context so. yeah and i think you know for glasper for like a lot of these players the exciting thing to see them in real time over the years as they develop like he's had all that stuff for a while but then he still is open to learning more and his as his musical experiences have gotten deeper and his musical conceptions have gotten more sophisticated when he pulls those out and places those it's like man is that like a new thing no it wasn't a new thing for him but how to place it in at that time becomes so much more mature as he goes along it's very exciting this very year. very exciting cool yeah. all right let's go. <laughs> Man, that piano's out of tune. I don't think it's a fazioli. No. <laughs> yeah, this is pre-fazioli. By the way, those are three octaves he's doing. He's doing like one in his left and two in his ah. right. I think. And look how he comes back to the single line after that, you know.
Uh, okay. Chromaticism. Well, but listen to the... For me here, that vibe that he just created. We, we talked about this when we, we talked about uh, Roy Hargrove's solo on Strasbourg St. Denis. Yeah. That it was about towards the end of his... Somewhere towards the end of the solo, he kind of came down. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roy Hargrove did. And here, Herbie does the same thing. He just had a pretty big moment. Yeah. Not afraid to bring it down a little bit and no. use some space. Check that out. And not ending it. Not ending no. I mean, he's good way into his solo. Yeah. But that's some of the strongest sort of thematic rebuilding now, maybe. Now breaking it down rhythmically. Totally okay, just went so out. That's killer. Okay, okay, we got to talk about that. Yeah. So he goes to the D flat seven, and then it went to D minor, the form, but he stayed on that. It, but it was like, are you going to get there? You're going to, and he doesn't resolve it until it goes back to the F seven. He basically turned that D into a diminished chord, which we know is ambiguous and builds tension. And he used that to build tension Absolutely. up until he, it paid off. Check it out. Back it up even more. Hold on. There's already this sort of chromatic, esoteric thing, the way he built that up. Definitely a diminished thing. And then up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. I got inspired there. So, you know, I think what the thing with this solo... You know, one thing about it is, oh man, it's just I like, yeah, sorry, I won't do that. No, 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 it's just got, you know what it is? It's like, he, it's, it's almost frantic in a way, Yeah. but he's like, he's using so much sort of in the moment musical taste to curate it as he plays to yeah. a lesser player, which would be almost anybody but Herbie. Right. Like it would just have this sort of manic, frantic kind of pacing, but he's able to kind of sculpt it. And like go back and forth and like in and out, you know, in terms of like using the rhythmic intensity to, and dramatic stuff. And then, you know, that diminished. And I, I think that one thing we I would caution everybody is like learn these different things, you know, like the, the cascading thing and the diminished. But don't try to put this all together in one solo until you're on Herbie's level because it will sound frantic and manic. But you can start to put these things together and start to think about when the vibe is right. And look, the way they played this tune from the beginning yeah. calls for the, if you can pull it off, that's calls was, for this. That vibe was from the beginning. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Let's hear how he ends it. Sets the piano on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps taking it up, up and up. Yeah, and it's just like he's got to go somewhere else. Harmonically, you can go anywhere. You yeah, know? yeah. Chromat I mean, there's so much chromaticism in Herbie when he plays like this. Yeah, that's another texture, that yeah. chromaticism. By the way, shout out to Dave Holland here, who's just, if Lay you watch down. the video, he's so relaxed. Yeah. He's just staying in the groove. 
And you know what? Uh, we got a request you to, to to do Pat solo, Pat Metheny solo. Yeah, I think we should make it. this a part two. We're gonna have to, man. I can't yeah. take it, man. Can't take, I can't it, take it. I don't know how anybody souls after that either. That's gonna be interesting. So analysis. we'll hit this up. Uh, we'll hit this up on tomorrow's episode and uh, continue on. This is a great, great performance. It man. is live man. performance. We'll have a link to the YouTube. If you're on YouTube, we'll probably have some kind of video version, right, Andrew? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a couple of house cleaning things. Uh, okay. If you haven't heard already, we're doing a bit of a of a call for. Uh, theme music for yep. our closing credits. Um, credits. Boom. Like we have like produced by Sheldon. That'd be great. So, you know, send us a track. Send it to andrew at openstudionetwork.com. And if uh, if we like what we hear, we're going to put it as the end music for a podcast. Right. If we like what we hear and we think it's appropriate for the end. That's right. We might hear things we like. You know, don't don't be like, oh, you didn't like, like my it. track. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it just wasn't right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, until tomorrow, you'll hear it.